Hello everyone and welcome to Joe's Tango Podcast, where we have eye-opening conversations with all types of fascinating tango professionals. I'm your host, Joe Yang. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to all you first-time and newer listeners. Really glad you're here and hope you're having a good day. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a quick moment to subscribe and leave a five-star rating or review. That really helps out. And really quick, if you're looking for a good gift idea or decoration ideas for your home, head on over to HealthyTango.com. I've created some original Tango art, and you can now order prints of some of the pieces I've created. They can be printed on art paper or canvas. They can also be framed if you like. So head on over to HealthyTango.com and have a look. All right, and with me now from St. Paul, Minnesota, is Diana Devi. Diana, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for taking the time to be here. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really excited to be here today and to spend some time chatting with you. Yeah, yeah, likewise. So you are a seasoned tango dancer, also an entrepreneur. You're the creator of An Ageless Life, and this is a program aimed at uh, women 50 and older. I definitely want to talk about that, but first, uh, your your tango life. How did you discover Argentine tango? Well, I discovered it. I happened to have been, there was a Neiman Marcus store here in the Twin Cities and they used to have closed door events. So a friend of mine invited me to come to this event and I went and there were two people dancing tango there. And I saw it and I went, oh, that looks like so much fun, which I'd seen it when I was in college at a theater production and wanted to do it, but kind of how, you know, things kind of float in the background and then they come back. So that's mm -hmm. what happened. And it took me a little while to get organized as far as when the classes were, who to do classes with, all of that kind of stuff. But um, one of those things where you kind of jump in and you go from not doing it at all to doing it six or seven days a week, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then I found myself about eight months later in Argentina. Wow. So I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a, an immersion gal, so to speak. So, okay. you know, finding something that I like and enjoy and immerse myself in it. And um, yeah. And it's yeah. just been that way for the past, I'd say 15 years. So nice. Nice. What was your very first tango lesson like? Do you remember? I remember it was in a studio. I remember because I have a ballet background and training um, that my leg, my feet were turned out mm. and turnout does not work in tango at, at that point, especially when you're going through the position where you're, you know, centering through. So um, mm. all I remember is thinking, man, I really have to turn my legs in. It was something about a turn, that part I remember. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was in a studio here in the Twin Cities. It was a class of maybe 20 people. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, it was nice. Yeah. Did it come easily to you? Mm, yes and no. <laughs> there, were some, there were some aspects of it that came very easily. I have danced many different kinds of dances but they've never been partner dances so mm -hmm. for me that was one of the really big things was to be able to have that physical connection and feeling the movement and those kinds of things and understanding how that partnership worked mm -hmm. as it was much different as i said than anything else i'd done performances or been in like a ballet company or other groups that performed and 
you did the same thing. So you kind of watched each other, mm -hmm. but it's way different when you're yeah. a partner. Yeah. So what was it about Argentine tango specifically that, that grabbed you and made you want to stick with it? Um, it was the elegance, the elegance and the community. So there was a lot of, um, and it was something that people are either really passionate about or they're not there. That mm. seems to me, at least in the community that I'm in. Mm -hmm. And I kind of fell into the, the passionate piece of it because it gave me physical exercise and movement and it was connection with people and it was beautiful. And the other thing about it is that regardless of what you do, that you can always do something in a little different way or do mm -hmm. it a little bit better or those kinds of things. And I really like that challenge. Yeah. Yeah. That's sort of the endless opportunities to, to improve and the never ending learning. Yeah. And of course, um, you know, when we learn, we make mistakes along the way. So what were some bad tango habits that you used to have and how, how did you get over them? Oh, um, figuring out the right connection and the embrace. That was a big one because not understanding because some people that you dance with want more pressure. Some people want less pressure. But once I started to be able to really use the floor and my weight through the floor and be able to move my body in that way, um, rather than just being so light and uh, basically skimming across the floor, my leaders mm -hmm. could never, ever tell where I was. Yeah. And so that was one of the common things that I got. I do remember being trying to figure out now, how do I know it? It's a forward, it, it's a front cross versus a back cross. Mm -hmm. So being able to really figure out the dynamics associated with that was actually pretty subtle. Mm -hmm. It took me a while. But uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you said within eight months, which is pretty, pretty sh a short amount of time, you were finding yourself in, in Argentina. Uh, what was that experience like? It was a lot of fun and it was um, culturally very rich and tango wise, very rich. Mm -hmm. So I went down and took classes with various people as well as doing the, all of the sightseeing things and those kinds of things. I had wanted to go to the opera while I was there, but unfortunately the tickets sold out mm. months, months before. <laughs> so I wasn't able to do that, but I really liked um, the environment. I went down in October. Mm -hmm. And so I went right before the influx of a lot of Europeans and people from other parts of the world going. And so it was really interesting to see the change in what happened at the Malangas mm -hmm. when you would go before the visitors started coming and then after people started the influx. And um, I danced after the influx with many more Europeans than I did people actually from Argentina, mm. but it, it's very cosmopolitan and mm -hmm. I love that. <laughs> nice, nice, yeah. Uh, so what were some experiences, either positive or negative, that really shaped you as a tango dancer? Well, for many people, especially if you have a fair degree of competency in the field that you're in, mm -hmm. going into something that's brand new and being a novice is really challenging. So in my professional career, I had been on um, 
board of directors and served as a president of the school board and been on national committees and testified in front of Congress and blah, 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 all of that mm -hmm. stuff. And then you go into this environment and you have no idea the language. You have no idea what it is that you're doing. You don't know if you're doing it right or if the other person's doing it right. And it's a real vulnerability and mm -hmm. being able to be comfortable with having that vulnerability when you've had so much of your life in this expert role or mindset mm -hmm. that um, takes a lot of stick with itness. And so that's what I admire about people, at least when I'm teaching classes, mm -hmm. or was, I should say, not now because of the environment, but um, is people's willingness to be okay in the not knowing and mm -hmm. being willing to stay there even though it's really uncomfortable yeah yeah i like what you said about just that being in this other area where you're not an expert and i think with tango a lot of people who are interested in the dance when they find some oh my goodness you know i i'm in this environment so what are what's some advice that you would have for people who are who kind of feel that uh i guess that sense of fear <laughs> when, when they're in this unfamiliar environment what are some things we maybe we can tell ourselves or um things we can focus our minds on so I, for me it was about being compassionate to myself and looking at you know understanding hey i just started this a month ago a week ago a year ago however it was mm -hmm. and also if you can remember what it was like before so you know, really being able to figure out milestones that you've made or your own progress. So that I think makes a big difference because you forget where you are and you forget where you were as you progress through this, but being able to really, maybe you make notes or do those kinds of things or stuff that I went back and I looked at one of my, my notebooks that I had and figuring out even how to walk backwards and how my foot should land mm -hmm. in heels and stay connected with my partner mm -hmm. was something that after six months or eight months, I felt more comfortable with. I mm -hmm. still didn't have mastery over it, but really helped to say, okay, I'm not where I want to be. I'm further than I was and I need to be kind to myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah, so Diana, I know I, I've met you several times when I've been in the Minnesota, Minneapolis, St. Paul area, and I never really got a chance to, to sit and talk with you, which is kind of nice that I can do that on a podcast, because yeah. as you know, when you when you travel and whether you teach or you're, you're dancing, you meet so many wonderful people, but you don't really have that time to sit and talk with them. And then I think our, our mutual friend, Katya Rave, um, yeah. had us both on her her shows on two different occasions. And when I saw your show, I was like, oh, I know who that is. Yeah. So yeah, and I had no idea that you uh, started this wonderful uh, program in Ageless Life. Um, so tell us a little bit about that. Well, and this is uh, a lot of this I saw through my own journey, but it also ties in with, with Tango. So mm -hmm. when I was in my early 50s, I started feeling tired and I would sleep and still would not be able to have any energy. Mm. I was gaining weight in my midsection. I was like, I have the, I should have the energy to be able to go out and dance and do all the things, but I'm not tracking as well mentally as before. So, mm. you know, being in healthcare for as many years, what do you do? You go to the doctor, 
had all these tests. She said, you're getting old. You just have to get used to it. And I'm like, this was a woman that told me this. Wow. So it, it was the same determination that I used with Tango that I used with this was that I decided I was going to figure out what it was that I could do to make me feel better because it was obvious that whatever it was that was offered within the medical community was not going to be able to, to help me. Mm -hmm. So with going through and saying, okay, I've been a mover for many years. I know what that does to the brain and the body. I know what it is that I need to eat. I know that I need to sleep. And so really mm -hmm. began to do all of those things. And then my Tango students started saying, hey, what is it that you're doing different? Can you help me? Can you tell mm -hmm. me? And it just kind of grew from there. But when those changes are happening in your body, you're not confident. Mm -hmm. You lose your self-confidence and kind in. So that's why I liken it back to what happens when you first start dancing, right? You don't have confidence in what you're doing mm -hmm. and you need to find a way through it. So um, it just kind of happened <laughs> based on the fact that people came to me saying, I want to, I want to do what you did. Yeah. I saw what difference it made with you. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think Argentine tango is, it's a, it's a great thing to get into because there really is no, there's no age restriction. And I've had students in their twenties. I've had students in their, you know, sixties and seventies and beyond, and they're all, they're all really loving it. Um, yeah. And, and I love how this is, you know, how you're kind of rebelling against that idea of, oh, you're just getting old. I mean, that's just, yeah, like you said, when a doctor telling you that, it's just, uh, it's just kind of odd. And that just sort of makes me think of um, so many occasions I've overheard conversations with people at, at Milonga's, women you know, saying, you know, oh, this is just for young people. I'm not 20 years old. That's why no one's dancing with me. But I, I really, I don't know, I would kind of argue against, against that because this is really something that, uh, you know, I think as we age, we have a little bit more patience. We, you know, we have more life experience and that really does um, serve us well in, in tango. Well, the other thing that I would say is mm -hmm. if I don't feel confident or comfortable, or if I feel like I am, that there's something wrong with me mm -hmm. or any of those kinds of things, then my whole energy changes. And people very subtly can pick up on whether you're going to be somebody fun to dance with or whether you're going to be somebody who is going through whatever it is in their own head, right? So being able to say it is more about what I, how I show up in the world mm -hmm. than it is about my age. And I saw this in, I went to uh, a couple of years in Albuquerque. Mm -hmm. There was a woman there who was 75 years old and most of the tango instructors, males danced with her. And I talked to a couple of them and I said, why is it that you chose her? Because I'm hearing all of this stuff from other women that, oh, I'm too old, they don't wanna dance with me. Um, I don't have the right clothes, it's blah, 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 whatever it is, too many wrinkles, I don't know. And they all said it was her connection. Mm. The connection that she had and the feeling that she had and what she gave as part of the dance was awesome. And, you know, just like followers, leaders talk to each other and say, hey, that person is really great to dance with and you should, right? Mm -hmm. So that's how, so for me, that was something that I really tried to 
help impress upon women is that, you know, it's not that they're the pretty young thing. It's the way that they show up. It's the energy that they have. It's how they interact with the person that mm -hmm. really makes a difference in whether or not you get asked to dance. Yeah. Yeah. Like we just said about how you show up, because I mean, we think of tango, it's, we kind of have this idea physically of what it is, but you know, what we, you know, how we hold ourselves mentally. It's amazing how that translates through your body, through your body language. And uh, you can't really hide that when you're, when you're no. dancing with someone. No, not at all. I did. Um, I at one time thought I was going to go into do a PhD program in kinesiology, mm. studying Argentine tango as a discipline because it's used a lot for Parkinson's, depression, um, PTSD, brain mm -hmm. injuries, all those kinds of things. And um, one of the things that I learned as part of that is they took children and gave them you know, like two second or one second clips of children, other children that they would want to play with. Mm -hmm. and the children could decide immediately the kids that they wanted to play with and they didn't. Uh, so it doesn't take very much of what you project for somebody to make that decision. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating how that works, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's a really interesting world that we, that we've, entered with tango so uh diana with uh ageless life and when you work with your clients what's a what's a recurring issue that you that you've come across that you're really good at addressing the the issue that i'm really good at addressing is to change the perspective of aging mm -hmm. and that it is not something that is done unto you it is something that you have the privilege to do because obviously you got two choices, right? You're dead or you get older. I mean, that's, that's pretty straightforward, you know? Yeah. So there are so many gifts and things that happen, but being able to figure out how to, you know, you don't feed a three-month-old, a 20-month-old, a 20-year-old and a 60-year-old person the same way. They have different needs. So mm. understanding what you need to do for your body, um, you may need to do different types of exercises. Um, you know, sleep is extremely important. Mm -hmm. And as you get older, your sleep becomes more important because that's when you do the repair, restore, and revitalize, which in tango, you kind of throw your sleep schedule off a little <laughs> bit, but then, you know, you try yeah. to get back, especially if you go to an event where you just kind of flip it. Yeah. Totally. But um, so there's there those kinds of things it's really about helping women be able to connect back with their bodies and feel good about it, mm -hmm. feel good about themselves because then they're feeling more confident. There are more things that they want to do. When you feel better, you take better care of yourself. The world looks different and yeah. you show up differently. So the world is going to treat you different. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So again, um, just with, with aging is kind of going on with, with some of those uh, other issues that you deal with. What's, what's something that, um, you know, people think is important, but really turns out isn't that important or something that we are better off just sort of letting go of. <laughs> so I, for me, it is letting go of what your body was when it was 20 versus mm. what your body is now, because it's going to be different. And it's always going to be different. And 
I think it would look pretty weird for somebody who's 50 years old to have a 20 year old body. You know, a, it would just be weird. Yeah. You know? So embracing the things and really mm -hmm. looking at the positive side rather than, oh my God, I've got three new wrinkles beside here. You know, own mm -hmm. them. You earned them. You've been around. You, you know, it's like, it's think of it more as a, as a merit badge rather than something that you need to hide from. Yeah. 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 That's good. Cause you know, popular culture these days, especially with the internet and all social media, there is this kind of obsession with, with youth and, you know, experience can be a really wonderful thing as well. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you know, the way that it's going to change is if we, you know, stand up and say, this is who we are, this is what we are. And, you know, we, we matter. Yeah. Yeah. So Diana, Tango has been a huge part of, of your life. Uh, you've been a Tango instructor as well. And you've just had the opportunity to observe so many people, been in so many different environments. Um, in what ways, this is kind of a big question, but uh, what way, in what ways has Tango really affected your perspective on, on career and life? Or how, how has it made you sort of maybe understand things better? So um, I think it is looking at the bringing passion into what it is that you do as mm -hmm. work. Because many people have jobs that they tolerate, but don't bring them passion. So being able to find something that is that you can support yourself in and that um, has that spark of passion, but knowing and understanding it's not going to be that way all the time. Because when I'm sitting down, you know, if you're going to do a newsletter or some kind of post or something, right, and the technology doesn't go right, that's <laughs> not my favorite time to be doing this kind of work. But you know, you take the good with the bad and you know and understand that not, it's not ever going to be 100%, but the highs are really great. Yeah. And making sure that you have enough of them and whatever it is that you do to mm -hmm. make you happy. Yeah. Yeah. The passion. I think that's really important. It was funny. My, my wife and I, you know, we really enjoy our you know, respective jobs. Of course, it was me with Tango and her with, with her job. And I remember uh, every time we go on vacation to kind of get away, we always end up bringing work to a cafe, you know, Oh, it's so nice. This cafe is great. And then we would work and I thought, wow, you know, I'm actually enjoying my work while I'm on vacation. So it's not really, so I kind of think I'm in the right line of work. If, <laughs> if I, if all I need to, to be happy is to go to a cafe and, and work. <laughs> so. Absolutely. And that's the thing. It, it doesn't seem like work then. No, not at all. Right? It seems yeah. like it's something that you want to do or you're happy with, or, you know, you find it fulfilling. And yeah. um, that's, that's in my mind where, it, what, a career should be. Yeah. Yeah. And just because you like it doesn't necessarily mean it's not challenging. So other people out there who are thinking of a career switch, it's like, well, you don't get it into it because it's, well, I mean, yes, it's fun, but it's, you're going to work harder than you, than you did in your, in your previous job. <laughs> well, it so, kind of, that goes yeah. back to the conversation when you're new at something, you got to work a lot harder and yep. yeah. 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 Have you found just, uh, you know, uh, when you were stepping into that new space and you keep working at it, like there's always that moment where it just feels impossible or you figure out how to do it, but you're thinking, how am I going to be able to expend this kind of energy every time? 
Um, but lo and behold, it just becomes a little bit easier, a little bit easier over time. Yeah, that yeah. and um, I think you begin to understand what you need to give 100% on and what mm -hmm. is okay to be 80%. Yeah. Right? So mm -hmm. everything doesn't have to be perfect, but when it comes to the way that I create the structure for the classes and the exercises that I want, I'm going to give that more precision and more energy mm -hmm. than I would making sure all of my commas and periods are in the right place and all of my syntax is exactly perfect and that kind of mm -hmm. thing. Because to mm -hmm. me, it's, it's that's where more, it, that's more important. Yeah. So being able to prioritize those things too, mm -hmm. I think helps. Yeah. Yeah. So have any of your coaching clients uh, gone into the world of tango? Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So they, they have, and mm -hmm. um, some of them that were starting that whole process. And then um, we've had a little bit of a detour. So we'll see what happens when, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> when the world opens back up. But, you know, that's also one of the things that draws people in mm -hmm. is because they see and it has such a strong connection to even people who watch it that may not even do it, mm -hmm. that really brings them, um, it, it's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And they identify with it so much. And it is compelling that um, it really works to, to think people to have people think, well, you know, maybe I can do something that I'm really passionate about. Nice. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. yeah, nice. Yeah. Other than tango of your clients, have they discovered new things, maybe perhaps hobbies or uh, maybe even complete, you know, become entrepreneurs or any other kind of big life changes through, through your coaching? So the, the thing that I find amazing mm -hmm. is that there are groups of people that say, this really changed my relationship with my spouse. Mm -hmm. Because when you feel bad about yourself, it impacts the relationship and relationship with their children. Also being able to go back and say, I haven't done this for 20 years. Now I can do it and I'm better at it than I was before. Mm -hmm. So they're going back and looking, or I've had one that said, you know, I've always wanted to learn a language. I didn't think I was going to be able to, but um, I'm going to give it a shot and have done really well with it. Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> nice. Sorry, I had to plug in. <laughs> I thought I was plugged in and I wasn't. So yeah. you're about to lose power. So sorry about that. No, no problem. No problem at all. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, what are some new ideas you have for uh, an ageless life? So what I, I have is some of the new ideas or new approaches are about um, really embracing who and what you are. And it's easy to say, yeah. but connecting back with your body, because a lot of times, especially for women, what they have done, and your wife will be able to identify with this <laughs> with a newborn, is mm -hmm. that you take care of everybody else before you take care of yourself. Yeah. So that becomes a behavior pattern. And over the decades, then you get to the point where you're not investing in doing what you need to do in for you to feel better mm -hmm. and to actually take care of yourself. It's like you wouldn't have a car and run it for 20 years without taking it in to be serviced, right? Right. So, you know, being able to dedicate time and really saying I'm worth it 
I'm worth spending the time. And it doesn't have to be a lot. I start with five minute increments, little things that you can do five minutes a day. Everybody's mm. got five minutes. Little things like, uh, okay, in the morning when you get up, put on your favorite song and just dance around or jump around or do whatever, or mm. you know, drinking water or facial exercises. You know, don't have to have Botox or fillers. Right. You can have them if you want, but here's another option to make you feel and look your best. Yeah. So really looking at at those things that you can do. And again, it it's not difficult. It doesn't require that you upset your entire lifestyle in order to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. But the more you do, the better you feel. Yeah. Yeah, I think what you said about connecting with your body. I mean, whether you're doing tango or just like you said, taking the, the, the moment out of, out of your day. Um, yeah, how, how really helpful that is. I remember I used to have a job where I had to sat in the cubicle all day and, you know, doing tango and getting, you know, now I'm doing tango full time is I can never see myself going back to that, that life again. So, yeah. It's yeah. so hard on your body and, you know, mm-hmm. it's yeah. And didn't feed your creative juices, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's really bad for your kidneys too. That's what really scared me about yeah. sitting down for, for long periods of time. Yeah. Good. Good. So Diana, where can we find out more about you online? So you can find me with the, the Tango information, which I do post stuff from time to time mm-hmm. um, on uh, Tango Debbie or Diana Debbie Tango. Okay. And then you can find me as far as an ageless life on my website, okay. um, anagelesslife.com, www. Mm-hmm. I'm on Facebook, so you can find me in Ageless Life. And I also have... Um, I do Facebook lives and I'm on LinkedIn and those kinds of places. I would love to have anybody. And I'll say this, Mm. I talk about women, but I have a lot of men that follow and do the exercises and the things as well. So it works for anybody. Great. And some of the people are not even 40 yet. So, all right. Yeah, yeah, out there helping people. Yeah, because a lot of the concepts you talk about, you know, it's never really too early to keep these things in mind. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great. So I'll have a links to your websites and uh, all the things you mentioned in the show notes. So people will be able to look you up and yeah, hopefully follow you and yeah, connect with your bodies and, you know, let's, let's get healthy, especially nowadays, you know, we're well, really now new. we want to be ready for when we can emerge on the tango floor again. Right. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And like, like I said, when you think about these things, we, it's, you know, it's, it's better to, you know, instead of, uh, yeah, like you said, better to prepare, you know, to always kind of be in that mode is because you can't just, you know, start doing it the moment something bad happens to you. You kind of have to <laughs> be always be in that health, health mindset. So exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for having me. This has been fun. Yeah, it was a great time. It's, it's good to, to sit down and talk to you instead of just kind of waving to you from across the room or having a time to, and then going on to the next person. So Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's nice to, to meet and actually sit down and converse with the, uh, the people that I've seen on the dance floor. <laughs> so great. Well, you take care, stay safe. Uh, yeah. Hopefully sooner rather than later, we'll be able to connect again someday soon. That would be awesome. Yeah. Great. All right. Well, take care, Diana. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, that was fun. Like I said, I've met Diana before a number of times, but only in passing, and it was great to sit down and have a more in-depth conversation with her. 
I'm sure Tango is a new experience for many of you out there, and if you've already cultivated expertise in a different area of life, such as a career or other skill, taking on Tango can make you feel a little uncomfortable. It's tough entering a field where we aren't the expert, and I like Diana's simple but practical advice of remembering to be kind to ourselves. If we stick to Tango or whatever new thing we've picked up, we will inevitably get better, and it's also a good idea to document our progress, either with a journal or some other means. And I liked how Diana brought up the importance of connecting with our bodies. And this isn't some weird new agey concept. Our minds and bodies are connected. And as we get older, our physical needs will change. We can't just give up and say, well, I'm old now and I can't do the things I used to do when I was young, so I'll just sit here in front of the TV. There's still plenty out there to discover. We have to be careful about how we treat our bodies. And when we take care of ourselves physically, our mental state improves as well. And continuing on with this idea, I really like what Diana said about body language, that our current attitude and mindset will be expressed in our bodies. And for tango dancers, that's something to think about if you haven't already realized it. To be the type of person that others love dancing with, much of that has to do with the attitude you choose to adopt, the headspace you create. That will come through in your dancing. Your dance partner will sense it, and there's no hiding it. So thank you again, Diana, for sharing your thoughts and experiences. Much appreciated. And a big thank you to all you listeners for tuning in. It really means a lot that you've made time to listen to this show. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a quick moment to subscribe and leave a five-star rating or review. That really helps out. If you've been a fan for a while and would like to help keep the podcast going, you can make a secure donation through PayPal or join my podcast page on Subscribestar. Links are in the description. Thanks for your support. All right, you've been listening to Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you.